Welcome to the Sale Street Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. And for more information about our church, visit salestreet.org. Acts 2, 42-47 And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Pray with me. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the ministry of these early believers, their courage and their strength and their dedication to you. I thank you for uh, the breath in all of our lungs and that we get to sing to you together on this beautiful day. And I just pray over the message that will be spoken, that it will be uh, your words that pierce our hearts and that inspire us to to change and to seek after you and run faster towards your throne than ever before. Amen. Amen. I just want to keep singing that song. It's his breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. Thank you to the worship band playing for us, reminding us that our God is big. He's worth singing about. Thank you for my daughter praying for us. Thank you for sharing your moments with us today. Uh, I got a story to start with. My, um, I, I came to Christ. You, you might have heard me the last time I got to share with you guys. By the way, my name is Paul. I'm a member here at Sales Street, and I love you. So uh, I got to share a story about how uh, I came to Christ, that the, the people who, uh, the guy who befriended me in college, he, shared, he brought me to this revival, and I heard the good news about Jesus for the first time. I'll preach the sermon one day that, that Jerry Johnston preached, because I remember the four points. And I love it so much. But afterwards, he brought me to these people's home named uh, Tad and Phyllis Tadlock. Raise your hand if you know Tad and Phyllis by chance. Anybody in here know Tad and Phyllis? Oh, they're super great. And uh, yeah, Don does. And so they were cool people. They were probably my age by now. Uh, they're, I'm 52. And uh, they uh, were somewhere in their late 40s, I would guess, or mid, I don't know. All women are 21. Guys, tell, repeat it with me. All women are what age? 21, avoid yourself great deals of trouble by saying that, reminding yourself that. But uh, so they, we hung out there, and these people were so cool. They, A, they were, they were uh, very enterprising, right? Work hard. Tad's probably the only guy. If I picked who's the hardest working guy, I know I'd say Tad, Tad a lot. Um, and, and they were uh, successful. They had a business. They had a home and, and a great church ministry, and they were they were just loved. Everywhere I meant, uh, again, I'm 21 years old or 22 maybe at this time, and mentioned them. You know, they had good reports. People loved them. They had a cool ministry at the church they were part of, which is Trinity. And then and we, we had this group of college students who would just hang out at their house. And uh, they were very accommodating to us, interrupting all their, uh, <laughs> their life. And in the middle of all this, again, I'm brand new in Christ. Right? I have just come. I grew up, didn't go to church much, wasn't a big part of my life at all. And then I just show up in this brand new scene. And my heart is bursting forth with joy because I've just seen that I needed a Savior. 
and that Jesus was the one calling out my name, and he wanted me. And, and so this new life was here, and all these things are brand new. And I, I, I got there, and I watched the Tadlocks. And what they had done is they'd follow God and gone on these international mission trips to other, I don't know, where worked hard, had this great home. In the middle of that, they had just built the home, and they were so afraid to tell one another that they thought they should move to Africa. So they both went like six months or something without telling you, if I'm remembering the story right. Tad and Phyllis, if you're watching, you can uh, tell me this. By the way, I'll buy on Facebook. Great to see you guys. We love, we love you here. Welcome to Sale Street Baptist Church. Um, and so after a while, they, they, had the, they got the nerve and told each other, and they were both so relieved. And so in the middle of me watching these brand new people, I'm brand new, right? They're not brand new. Watching their life, what's a Christian look like? Because I didn't know before, right? And I look up, and I see them selling all their stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with having means and uh, provisions and, and, you know, uh, if you have a successful business, you, you have money, you share it. I mean, it's, it's, this is good to so employ a lot of people. They're, that's A plus for that. They sold all their stuff. They had a vacation home and a boat, big boat and a share and a plane. And I don't know what else they had. A lot of stuff and a very successful business and this beautiful home that they just built with their own two hands and they sell all of it and move to Africa for 20 years, right? And then her all their parents passed away while they're far away in Africa. And, and it, I've heard a story about when a zebra is born, that a baby zebra looks down and he, 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 he looks up and he sees mommy. And he memorizes her stripes. And then from then on, baby zebra, you can go to the next slide that has the baby zebra on there. When, baby, when zebra looks up in the herd of zebra, for the rest of his being, he can tell which one's mom. That's mom. And, and so when I looked up, I saw that Tad and Phyllis Tadlock, faithful, and I'm sure they have their, their flaws. I, I couldn't name one of them. Those people were so great. But I'm sure they had some, and I'm sure they told their accountability partners what they were. But I didn't know. Right? I just saw this tremendous, they were giving and loving and doing all the things that you should do. And then they, they sell all their stuff and move to Africa, to Uganda, actually, for 20 years. And, they, and Tad was like the fix-it guy, right? He he, they took care of all the missionaries in country that they could get around, and, and he was the most industrious fellow. So I hope I model after him a little bit. Forgive me, I did not anticipate thinking about the tent. Anyway. Um, God, whiz. So, so in the middle of all that, this is what it looks like to be a Christian. That's the point. Silk up, baby zebra, sees mom. That's what mom looks like. I looked up, saw the tadlocks. That's what following Jesus looks like. So we're going to open up the scriptures today. Elizabeth read it for you in Acts 2. And we're going to see what the new church, right? They had been Jewish people. They, were, they, were, they, were common, they knew the Jewish lifestyles of going to temple and all the, the rituals and their, their religious systems, which were set up by God. And that's good. But these new people had found something that was missing. I found something that was missing when I was 21. And what's missing from our lives isn't just that we need to add one more thing and fix it up. It's that we have a giant hole, a vacuum, a, 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 an insufficiency that's all-encompassing. We don't need just a little help, a little duct tape, you know, some miracle stuff that you catch on QVC, and it's going to fix up your life. No, no, no. We need a total rescue. See, the Bible says that we have a heart of stone, and we need a heart of flesh. Well, you just don't, like, you know, do CPR, and your heart of stone becomes a heart of flesh. No, you need a transplant, and that's what Jesus does. And... So this new church, we've walked through this in the first few books, first few chapters of Acts. Forgive me. I'm embarrassed by that. Um, 
And these new Christians, right, they were born again, and they, this church was born, and we had the first megachurch right there in Acts 2. 3,000 people were added to their number that day. I don't think we could handle 3,000 people here easily, not in our current system, but we could do it. I guarantee it. God, if you give us 3,000 people tomorrow, we'll figure it out. I don't know how, but I'll see some hardworking people in here. We'll, we'll, I don't know how we do it, but we'd figure it out. And they, they, were, they were in here, and let's just do the wide-angle lens for just a moment, right? that uh, we, God, he, he started this, he created Adam and Eve, and then they rebelled, and they didn't trust God. They thought that God was holding out on them, and sin entered the world, and death through sin. And then God, from the very beginning, he went and slew an animal and made a covering for Adam and Eve. So, so it was a sacrifice, a foreshadowing of Christ coming to be our sacrifice. And all through the Old Testament, God kept showing off how he was going to bring the rescue through the Savior, and the, uh, uh, the Israelites over and over proved again by their inability to stay with the law that we couldn't fix it. We could, duct tape wasn't enough. We needed a heart transplant. And so he did that in the end all the way to the, the, uh, where Bethlehem, the Savior, is born. Then Calvary, the Savior, willingly lays his life down on the cross. And then the whole world waited when the empty tomb showed up. The, the, the rescue is complete, right? The the, the Savior is born, the Savior died, the Savior was resurrected from the dead. Here we stand, this new church is born, right? Pentecost comes, that was two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, and then the, 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 the new church is being formed, and bam, here we are, the brand new church. So I kind of have this five layout in my book uh, for how Acts works out. So we've, we've seen the first one, that the church was, was uh, breathed and born, and now we're in the church being formed, chapter, the second section in my line. You can go to the next slide. That this church being um, formed means that we need to know what normal looks like for Jesus' people. That's where you and I are at, or that's where they're at in the story, and, and we've got to keep remembering. That's what God's going to use his scripture. We're in this part. We're going through this book. He's going to use this today to help us see what is Jesus look like. What's my neck? What's tomorrow for me and Jesus look like as a part of a church? And that, how does that work? So the verse 42 is the first verse. And it kind of gives us a quick overview of the next few verses, what's going to come. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So there has the big four, right? The, the first three words, though, I don't want to skip them. And they, because if you have good instructions, but you're not all that excited about following them, how does it work? Y'all tell me. I mean, it's a no-go. It's a, non, it's a non-starter. Really good. I, when I would do college ministry for a long time, if I, if I could get a college student to be like 17% committed to a 95% good idea, did that work out? No, man. You had to just beat on them. And, I mean, jokingly, ask about 500 questions and take six weeks for them to come around to be like 70% committed to 30% of their solution because they, you know, we, we got to want it. They devoted themselves. So this, this new church, when they, they start out, they've got to, we've got to remember to read the text and let it speak to us that they, the people, not the apostles, the apostles didn't devote the people to follow Christ. The, the people, the 3,000. Now, the only numbers we have so far is 120 earlier in chapter 2, and then we have the 3,000. Probably round numbers, who knows? But 3,120 people are in the church that we know of on this moment, and they devoted themselves 
They were in, baby. They were all in. It was baby zebra looks up, sees mama zebra who pushes all the chips on the tape. I'm going to, you know, again, the Tadlock's my example, right? You don't have to sell your stuff today to follow Jesus. That's not the point. But they were all in. God led them. They pushed all the chips to the center of the table. I'm in with Jesus. They devoted themselves. What did they devote themselves to? Well, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. To You can go back to the slide before it. <clears throat> the, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship. The old NIV, NIV 4 says the fellowship. So I always say that because that's how I memorized the first time. To fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And the teaching part, what is that? Is it, did the apostles come up with their own teaching? No. They're referencing what Jesus said. Jesus knew that he was leaving, and he taught him his words. He even told him that the Holy Spirit was going to remind them of everything he said. So the apostles are teaching about the Word. And in John 1, it tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus Christ. That's what they're teaching. The, the fellowship, right, they're devoted to one another. This, they had this radical generosity that we're going to see in a minute. Where did it come from? Well, it came from this 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 devotion to Christ and to following him and to seeing his kingdom come to work. The breaking of bread. Breaking of bread means uh, the uh, meal together, right? Meals is a time of I, I own a restaurant. I love cooking food. I love sharing it. I love having a, a group around. Uh, and the Lord's table was an illustration. The Last Supper, God, uh, Jesus set up this time to illustrate for his followers that he was leaving and what it would look like. And he was breaking his body and spilling his blood. Uh, and we were to remember him when we gather as church and remember the Lord's table. Uh, and then prayer, right? We don't, we don't, Jesus prayed. So, and then in the next verse, verse 43, it says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, we're always looking back and trying to, trying to glean through what can we see in the scriptures and how do we apply that today. So the apostles had signs and wonders. And what the New Testament tells us is that those attested to their witness of who Jesus was. We talked to them the first week that this is the continuing acts of Jesus is what we see in the book of Acts. And the apostles are carrying forward his message and his new life made available by his death and resurrection and our faith, our grace through faith. We get to participate in his resurrection right now as breathing people. And so this, this teaching by the apostles is Jesus' teaching. He's their reminder. And they had, the God gave them the ability to have these signs and wonders that they would demonstrate God's approval of their message of who Jesus is. Now, they didn't preach the, the gospel of Peter or the gospel of Paul, the gospel of James, the gospel of Bartholomew. They preached the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And that's how we can see that God gave this this approval to their testimony. And really the words of God, the teaching, is what we ended up with here, right? This, whew, sorry, this book, this collection of books. And this is my Bible on uh, the paved stones in Jerusalem. And the Word, right? We said it in a moment ago. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us in John 1. Jesus is the Logos, the one who came, and the apostles are teaching that. And here in Acts 1, this new church, when baby zebra looks up and sees mama zebra, it's the apostles' teachings about Jesus and who he is. And, and Because they didn't have the scriptures yet, right? They didn't have the Bible. This just happened. You know, the ink's just drying on this record of an uh, empty tomb. And, and uh, just, you know, weeks ago, this all happened. All the people there, they'd heard about it. They'd, they'd been around the eyewitnesses. People were there. This was not, 
This wasn't some far-off distant academic exercise. This is in the moment, in the flesh, right then. And thank God, thank you, God, that the apostles wrote down and God so eloquently preserved, so miraculously preserved his word so we can have it today, so we can know what the apostles were teaching this new church. <clears throat> oh, breath on a page is my favorite way to describe the Bible. I think that Louis Giglio is when he said that. So it tells us in Hebrews 4, I think the next slide has this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. That means the spiritual part of us and even the physical part of us impacted by God's word. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We will see examples in the next few chapters of Acts of God demonstrating that Jesus' power is present in this new church, these signs and wonders of the apostles. And what did all that produce? All this sign, the, the, the four things the apostles teaching, it produced awe. It says in the next verse, uh, 44, that all believers, well, we did that a moment ago. Uh, uh, they, were, they were awe. Forgive me, I have one contact in and one out, and now I didn't realize how little I could read my pages. I'm so serious. I, this allergy in one eye, and I can, bright light, I can accommodate, I'm fine, and here I am, I'm raising it up, and I cannot read my own text. So we're going to go with the wing it version, which is kind of my normal anyway. Is that okay with you guys? I'm sorry, I can barely read my stuff. Um, everyone was filled with awe, and I got my pages backwards, right to left. So I'm almost, I'm a Jew this morning, going left to right. Everyone was filled with awe in the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. When Jesus is around, awe. That's what worship is. It's a response to the awesome nature of God. Uh, I, I love when we get to see him clearly. One of my favorite prayers is to see Jesus more clearly because then I'm going to respond more clearly, not muddled, not a muddled response, but a clear one because he is great. He's great. So... <clears throat> Now, which way am I going? All right, left to right. All right, that's better. Better now. <clears throat> the sharper than any two-edged sword. So the next verse said, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Now, I know when we read the scriptures, right, it's not every detail. It's not every component. We don't have a, even in John, when he was writing his book, he said, all the words that Jesus said would, even the whole world couldn't contain all the books. So we're left with some, some summaries and that's a pretty all-inclusive one right there. All the believers, again, the 3,120 plus, we're not sure, but it's a lot, were together and had everything in common. So they had this moment of new birth. The baby zebra looks up, sees the glory of God. They've been set free. They, they, uh, they devoted themselves, right? So they wanted it. They recognized how needy they were, and the Messiah came. They were cut to the quick, it told us, right, which is, again, the the Hebrews passage that the Word of God is like a two-edged sword dividing souls, but they were cut to the quick, and they said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter told them, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, all of you. Come to faith in Christ. And that's what they did. And um, so one another, right, all the believers had in common. Well, what are some examples? We can look to the Scripture to be the answer for many of our questions about Scripture. That's what's so great about this document, this preservation of breath on the page, it just gives us a bunch. Well, I love the verb, the word one another. So I don't know if you can read those. I can't read them. So can you guys read them? Kind of, okay. Uh, so in Christ, so this is all from the book of Romans, right? So what do you got, Paul? Well, some one another passage. So in Christ, we, though we are many, form one body, and each member 
belongs to all the others, Romans 12, 5. And it says next, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves, Romans 12. And Paul writes again in Romans 15, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Okay, Paul, I'm tired of Romans. What else you got for the one another? No problem. Let's move on. Uh, Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another in humility and in love. What's it look like when they were all together and had everything in common? Well, this is what it sounds like when it's played out. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, Ephesians 4. You might say, Paul, I'm tired of, I'm tired of the apostle Paul. You got any other apostles with some one another? You betcha I do. Let's go on to James. He says that, uh, therefore, confess your sins to each other. What? Now we're meddling. Confess your sins one to another. He, this is what James said. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Oh, man. Any more apostles out there? Oh, yeah, we got some. How about Peter? Be hospitable to one another without complaining. That's hard. Can I get an amen? That's hard to do without any complaining. I'm given to a little complaining once in a while. You can rebuke me because, you know, I've given you permission right here to complain. I did that the other day. I complained about, anyway, never mind. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders, which is hard for women since y'all are all age 21. So I don't know how y'all can figure that out. Y'all do that amongst yourselves. That's fine. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. 1 Peter 5, 5. Anyone else? You got any others? Yeah, we got one. How about 1 John 4, 7? Beloved, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 1 John 4, 7. Then a few verses later, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, right, that's you and me together, this one anothering in the New Testament, in the birth church right here being born god lives in us and his love is made complete in us there's more passages than that but the point is that this new spiritual position with god and our earthly position with each other right we're still here we didn't come to christ and then get taken away we're still here why are we still here well we're, we're here because we are god's expression of his own characteristics love is good because god is love truth is good because god is true uh Faithfulness works because God is faithful. He's not picking sides. He's telling you what is the best. Who he is is the best. Oh, let's continue. I feel like stopping right there. <clears throat> One anothering is a big part of being a church, and God's given us all this information, all these insights into his character so we can know how to one another with each other as a church. Verse 45, they sold property and possessions and... <clears throat> To give to anyone who had need. Oh, well, that's, that sounds like a, this is real quick. Uh, sometimes we'll have kind of a, a wonder, does this mean we're supposed to live in a commune and not have individual homes and not have individual stuff? Well, you know, certainly open hands means God could call you to share your stuff or sell your things. But a couple of things were a little bit different about this day in this church. The first one is that they had people from all over the world there, right? They had all over the Roman world. We read... In a prior verse on the day of Pentecost, they had people who were from all these different places. Cyrene, I can't read them again. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Jubia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Ferga. You, you get the picture. They were all over. 
So their way of making a living and all their stuff was over there, and now they're in Jerusalem. <clears throat> That's good because they got to hear the good news about Jesus and be born again and be part of a church. The bad news is there's no church back in uh, Egypt. So the only church that they could be a part of was right there in Jerusalem. And so they're apart from their stuff, their way to make a living, all their whatevers. So here they are. And so God saw, hey, uh, I got a way to solve that problem. Uh, I got some people, and they own a piece of dirt. They're going to sell it and bring the proceeds. What else was happening that maybe isn't happening everywhere else in Scripture? Well, pretty soon thereafter, God was going to uh, disperse the church through persecution. And so all that stuff that they owned wasn't going to be theirs anyway. And if not that long from now, the church was going to persecution break out, and the, dis- the believers, many of them were dispersed. And with, it sounds like, oh, that's terrible. Persecution broke out. You don't get to, to well, that, but the good news went with them. So God uses even the things that seem difficult. And that's kind of my, I think, our explanation about do we have to be in a commune if we come to Christ? No. But every day they continue to meet together, in verse 46 now, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Mm, I love this part. I love all the parts. Because, but this part, it tells you that the church is two, two places, really. There's the gathered part. So we're practicing that right now. We're all gathered here at 1015. I invited you here. Other people invited you here. You're part of this place. That's awesome. 1015. And then we scatter. Church does two things. We gather and then we scatter. So right here, they met together in the temple courts. Why did they meet in the temple courts? Well, that was... That was where they had enough room for 3,120 people, one. Uh, two, maybe it was their place they already knew about. They had been there <clears throat> before. They, they knew the drill. It was a custom place. It was a place for teaching about God, and that's what they were doing. Uh, three, maybe they wanted to share this great news about the Messiah. Messiah has come. All that we've been waiting for, our fellow Jews, is coming to pass. Right here, it's Jesus Christ. Messiah, and he's risen from the grave, and he's available. Um, yes, all of that, all of that. And then they, they, they scattered, right? They, they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Yes. So time, attention, celebration, prayer, the words of God himself, all repeated in prayer. That circle of people who get to do that together requires more than just our brief moments of passing each other at church, right? I like coming to church, and I like, I'm usually one of the last people to leave. My kids will make fun of me for that uh, because I want to talk to you, and I don't get to see you as often. But there needs to be places. What this scripture is telling us is if we're going to look up and see the new church and, and identify what it looks like according to this, this example from the first church of Jerusalem, right, that they made time to do these things as a group, and then and they ate each other's homes, and they made time with glad and sincere hearts. They broke bread. That, that probably included the Lord's Supper uh, regular-like. Well, that was every time or sometimes, but it doesn't tell us. But, man, that they're, they're having a spot. They've carved out availability, and they were there. They were looking up and saying, God, you're awesome. You know, I'm so excited about it. I want to share with my friends. I want to hang out with my, with my people and share this, this commonality we have in Christ. And, and because I don't want to get confused, because we can get some pretty good fellowship apart from being a part of a church. I mean, you, you've probably been in some. I, I know that I've, I've had neighbors who cared for one another, and I don't think they knew Christ. But they were next to each other. They saw each other. They walked out to the mailbox at the same time. They hung out. 
In fact, we even make TV shows about it, right? Who's, who remembers, hey, Normie? Cheers, right? Who's a Cheers fan? Anybody in here a Cheers fan? Norm, if you want some trivial information, go ask uh, the mailman. He, he knew Cliff Clavin. He knew all the answers in that. So, I mean, if you spend time together, you start to breed some care. Proximity breeds care, and um, it, it can happen. Even Toby Keith has a song, I Love This Bar, and he talks about an inclusive environment, right, where uh, bikers and bankers and all this can hang out together. I was a banker. I've never been a biker, but I was a banker. And, and, and it's good. And you know what? There's some good fellowship that can be, even in places that we would kind of, oh, my gosh, a bar, that can't be a good I don't really hang out in bars, but um, there can be real community there. But is that enough? And the answer is, it's, it's, it's just a t- it's pointing. We were built for community, but community's not enough. We got to have the born again nature of a person who's recognized that our, our sin nature is going to get in the way. Sin's going to get in the way of a community, whether it's in a bar or a, uh, any kind of club. It could be a nice club. It could be a do-good club. We're going to go out and be good Samaritans. A good Samaritan without the Jesus that, that the good Samaritans follow is, is not as good. It's not good enough. And you guys are great, by the way. I love the Good Samar- the Samaritan's Purse people. We'll talk about that in a second. They made a hit show, and fellowship is more than just, you know, people hanging out together. It's, it's this, they devoted themselves, the big three, right? We devote ourselves because we've seen Jesus and seen how transformative his life, his word is, and we want to be around him. And he said, I'm going to build for you a family and it's going to be better than being the children of Israel, right? They were children of Abraham, g- genetic heritage from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they were very proud of that and good for them, right? But it wasn't enough. Fellowship's not enough. We need, we need the Christ who, who stirs our hearts. The one who is risen from the dead stirs our hearts so we can be like that, like the first church in Jerusalem. In Hebrews 10, the writer tells us, the church, right? The born-again church. He says, let us, start counting with your hands how many us's and we's we have. Let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's a lot of reminders to us that we, we got we to gotta get, get with the program, keep moving forward on the, how should we do that at Sale Street? As we gather to worship Jesus and teach his word and pray and gather around the, the table, uh, the table of fellowship over food, the table of the Lord's Supper of remembrance and, and holiness. Yes, we should do that. Should we gather in church together? Yes. Should we gather in homes together? Yes. Should we gather to spur one another on towards love and good deeds? Yes. How do I get that much free time in my schedule? Well, I think, I think we got to go back and remember the first three and the big four. Because I'm a busy guy too. I mean, some of you are busier than me, but I, I, I got plenty to do. And the, the first three of this verse is they devoted themselves. And I just want to keep that close to me all this week, that I want to be one who devotes myself. What? To what? To Jesus the Savior. Because I realize I don't have any hope other than him. And other things are still good. Like, we're capable people here, right? You guys came here, Samaritan's Purse, because you're capable. You get your hands, you get your equipment, you get supplies, and stuff gets done that's got to be done. And it's great. People need it. We had this giant disaster here, and it's just, 
is so discouraging. <laughs> so discouraging, and you're bringing that encouragement. We, we've got capable hands, and so we don't want to get confused by our capable hands that we can capable ourselves away from needing God. No, we need him every day. He's the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him, Jesus. So the big, that's the first three, and then we got the big four that we... They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching about Jesus. I'm going to put parentheses about that, the Jesus, so we don't get confused. They weren't, they weren't worshiping the apostles or even their teaching. They're worshiping. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, I thought that was backwards when I was a new Christian because I wanted my, my family to come to Christ. And I just wanted to love on them so much so they would see how good God is and, and want him and see how he's so great. You're, you're, you're confused. You don't realize what you're missing. And, and I, but the Bible says differently. It says we should, we, should, we should love people without Christ like you guys are doing, Samaritan's Person, like we're going to do Sales Street, continue to do. But we got to love each other so that they'll know who we belong to. And then when we, we go out and love on them, they're not confused about who God is. Jesus says it even more clearly in John 13. He says, a new command I give you. And I'm wrapping up. The band can come up. A new command I give you to love one another. By this will all people know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Are you hearing the one another's in there, beloved? That when God, he sets up this church, he's setting up this epic, world-changing adventure. And it's even better than J.R.R. Tolkien's books, the first of which is The Fellowship of the Ring. The Fellowship of the Believers is an epic adventure where God sends us out on mission to help people see who Jesus really is. And he does that by us proclaiming his good news. He says, go forth and make disciples, preach the gospel, and tell people. And he does it by us being an example of him. Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, they love each other. They're tight. He says, I want you to be an example. This fellowship. So the, the, the seven guys who went on the quest in the Lord of the Rings, Frodo and Aragorn and Gimli and the hobbits. And Did I say something wrong? My kids are laughing. I see them laughing. They probably said something wrong. They, they had a great adventure, and it's, it's a worthy story. You should go watch it. J.R.R. Tolkien wrote those books as an allegory about the Christian faith, about Jesus and this fellowship, these people who had to have divine intervention or we're going to make it. And that's us. That's us. Church. We don't have divine intervention from God. We, we, but we have. That's the point. We've seen Jesus come down and he touched our lives, touched my life. Today, even. The fellowship of believers here at the street is our expression of God's great love in our city, in our day, and our, and our, our other churches too, they, they've got their shot and rock on. We love them all. We, we're cheering them on. So what are the ingredients for you and I in this church today to roll like Luke wrote about in this first church of Jerusalem? We'll talk about this another day, but the church is the saved, right? I don't want to get that confused. It's not just great fellowship, whether it's at Cheers or, or at someplace else. And our availability is required. I guess that's maybe one of the big components today. That I, I think I just always reminded I got to be available. I got to put my, my life in open hands, make time for stuff that matters, make myself available. 
I think it's more organic than it is organized. Although we need organization, you know, times and places, that's rocking. But it's on the go, right? They, dev- they, they went around, they devoted themselves, they, they, they went to houses, they met together. They were available and God showed up, right? You guys had to make yourselves available. All of you who came here from Samaritan's Purse around the country made yourselves available to interrupt your schedules for weeks at a time or days at a time or months at a time. And here, they, here we see it. And they were generous. The generosity flows from us because we know God's been so generous to us. That's part of, of one anothering. And it's all centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this sale street is our group with these four to come together and see Jesus in our midst. Devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching and prayer and a fellowship. So that the Lord will add to people, to their number daily, those who are being saved. Father in heaven, I pray for anyone here who's just cut to the quick, Lord, to be available, more available for your, not time to do stuff, but more available for the essential life in Christ and all the things that you've got, all the things you've got for us. I pray for those of us who need to be more available to open your word and let it, like a two-edged sword, pierce soul and sparrow, soul and marrow, soul and spirit, joint and marrow, so we be supple in your hands and obedient to reject sin and walk with you and be willing to open up to our brothers and sisters and have a fellowship here that would be more than hallway talk and pray you show us that. I pray for anyone here who doesn't know Christ and this is maybe they're getting drawn in by you by this moment to say what is it, how does this, how do I start this today? That by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is how we start. If anyone here doesn't know Christ and wants to come see myself or one of the other Jesus loving people here, we'll walk you through. We'll walk you through. Let us Lord keep looking through your your word and seeing Jesus more clearly so we can worship you with all we got. In Jesus' name.